Chicago. Right, let's go. Friday. And we are in our spot, man. We're at the headquarters of Novice Clothing Company. We're going to be here every Friday, the last Friday of the month. Love it. Good stuff, man. Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi. You're watching Honorado and Bagnardi, Novice Clothing Company located uh, in Albany. And they will outfit you for whatever your apparel needs are, whether you are a youth sports league, whether you are the New York State Police, whether you are a law firm like Martin Harding and Mazzotti, they will hook you up. How are we doing, Shawnee? Good, man. I want to tell you how okay. talented these people are. They can make you look pretty good. Yeah. So what is that time, man? Yeah. And I don't know. Can you see the mask here? Yeah. These are the masks, bags, and I've been rocking now for uh, almost a year because that's how long we've been in this pandemic. I know, Some man. days it feels longer than that. that. Uh, we've uh, got, we got a lot to get to on today's, today's show, though. We're going to start with the NBA. NBA. We've, we've got, got Shen head coach Tony Dezekis on with us to talk about the basketball season high school-wise so far. And then you know there's another mock draft. And I can't wait to hit bags with what the Jets aren't going to do with the second overall pick. Let's go. In this case, two is not better than one. Who are any of these guys? You're doubling it. You're doubling it. That's major. They were the best team last year, and they just got a whole lot better. This is Honorado and Bagnardi. Driven by Mohawk Honda and Mohawk Chevrolet. All right, let's, All right, let's go, go back. So start with the NBA here, man. You and I are both big hoop heads. We're gonna we're gonna talk NFL as well in terms of some of the quarterback movement that may happen. Yesterday's news regarding Russell Wilson was really interested. We'll discuss whether or not Ross actually might leave Seattle. But first, Shawnee, yeah. you want to start with your Nets or you want to start with the defending champs? Uh I'll leave that up to you. Let's go with your Nets. Okay. All right, here we go. Brooklyn is one eight straight. Sure it's the longest streak right now in the NBA. It's second longest in franchise history. Mm. They won 14 straight. I think they were still in New Jersey at that point. They were. Mid-2000s. I'm not going to ask you if this team's better without Kevin Durant, but can this team continue to win without one of the big three? Yes. That, that's the question? Come on. Uh, yes, of course they can. They have – two of the best players in the NBA when you take out one of the best players in the NBA. So, yes, of course they can continue it. And the proof is that in these eight games, they've done it against some very good teams. They're 5-0 and for the first time ever in franchise history on a West Coast trip. And they did it against a team like Phoenix without even Kyrie in that game, and they had to make a big comeback. We saw them beat the Lakers. I know there was no AD, but that's a good road win. They still had LeBron out there. And then we saw them beat the Clippers for the second time this season with Kawhi and Paul George. So these are not just eight wins. These are quality wins. And I got to say about James Harden, man, mm. I was I was wrong. And I, and I was not alone in this at all, but I was dead wrong about James Harden. Well, you did pick him, though, to win the MVP, whether he played in Houston or anywhere else. I think at the time we, we thought Philly was the most likely landing spot. Yeah, but I'm not, not wrong about the talent. Everybody knows the talent. I was wrong about the guy, right? I didn't know if he could come over and still exhibit the same, uh, the same qualities you would like to see 
in somebody who you want to win a championship, right? I didn't know that I could see that either, James Harden, but I'm seeing a guy who seems to have pretty good work ethic. I'm seeing a guy who wants to be a good teammate, a guy who's communicating with the other players on the floor, not just the veterans like Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan and Durant when he's been out there and they've been playing together. He's helping some of the younger guys, right? He's also being very unselfish, sharing the ball. I mean, he's got six triple-doubles already since joining the Nets, which is second all-time in their franchise history. He's been there for 10 minutes, and he's second all-time only, of course, to Jason Kidd. Uh, so, look, this guy, with the way he's playing, yes, they can keep winning without Kevin Durant because they've got James Harden playing at his best, Kyrie playing very well in that non-point guard role. Mm. So he still does play point guard because of the way they sub, you know, when they're – one of them is always in the game running the show. And when they are out there together, even if Kyrie is sort of the two guard and playing off the ball a lot, we do still see him bring the ball up at times as well. Um, so to answer your question, yes, this can continue, but the Nets are much better and can only win a championship when they've got all three. Because Kevin Durant, make no mistake, since the James Harden trade, James Harden has been the best player on the Nets. But make no mistake, Kevin Durant is the best player in the Nets. Rockman is in early with this prediction. <laughs> Celtics are not going to win the NBA. Yeah, they're not even in the playoffs right now. Do you realize that? That they have dropped out of the top eight in the East. What do you think about this? Is it Philly, Brooklyn, and then everybody else in the East? Look at what the Sixers continue to do. And they're all record. They're not obviously – home court in at least the first two rounds of the NBA playoffs. They'll duke it out with Brooklyn and then maybe Milwaukee as well for top overall seed. Um, But they are so good at home. Mm -hmm. And they just – I've seen more of them this year than I would have previous years. But they just look and feel different. Now, can you force Simmons to stay out of the lane in a seven-game series enough to win four of those games? That, that means the biggest key. Ben Simmons is the key to this team winning championship. If he's going to continue to play at this ridiculously high level, you know what you're going to get from Embiid. And Tobias Harris is a really good player. Do they add a guy to the deadline? Does Ben Simmons continue to be the guy who can just get into the lane and to the rim relentlessly? Yeah. I'm not sure it's – Are you ready to take Milwaukee out of this? I'm not. I was going to say I'm not ready to say it's Sixers-Nets. Everybody else, I'd maybe go Sixers-Nets-Bucks, everybody else in the East because of where the Celtics are. And Miami, you know, I think they had a nice run last year. But let's keep in mind they were six seed also last season and had a nice run in the playoffs. Not to say a team like that couldn't get hot again at the right time, but they're not – they're not in this conversation, right? This is a much different season. So I'll throw the Bucks in there, and that's it. And if I'm sitting there as a Nets, I'm saying, look, those are two teams who could present some big problems because of our issues defending size, particularly with a guy like Embiid and particularly with a guy like Giannis. So I think those teams, in addition to the Nets, have a legit shot. And I would not be surprised if the Sixers or the Bucks beat the Nets in the playoffs. Right now, that wouldn't shock me. We'll see what happens in the second half of the year and how well Brooklyn continues to play. Wait a minute. If Philly or Milwaukee beats Brooklyn, you won't be surprised? I wouldn't be shocked. No. No, because 
because the Nets, while they're improving defensively, they have shown to have some serious weaknesses on the defensive end. And I think the particular matchup problems that those two teams would create for Brooklyn could be enough to beat them. I think it's going to be very – I think it's going to be more difficult to beat Brooklyn four times in a series than any other team in the East. Yeah. But if it was Philly or Milwaukee ended up doing it to Brooklyn, wouldn't shock me. It would disappoint the hell out of me. But it wouldn't yeah, shock me. Yeah, three of the top 12 players in the league. Yeah. Kyrie is playing at a level this season that makes him a top six player. Yeah. He's been unbelievable. There's no doubt. And, and we just haven't seen enough of Durant to – I mean, we know what he is. But we haven't seen enough of him to, to realize probably the great difference he will make when it's winning time. Yeah, so a couple of other factors coming into play here as we'll move into the second half of the season really shortly, right? For the Nets, we're finally starting to see them do something that they were struggling with early on, and that's playing not playing down – to their competition. They were playing up yeah. to their competition and playing well against good teams, but they were playing down to their competition and not performing well. That's starting to change a little bit as the defense improves as well. You know, now beating teams like Sacramento, for instance, right, or Orlando last night. Those are the teams you got to get wins against because I think you got to compete for that number one seed. This is going to be another thing to look at as more fans start to come into play. You know, a couple months from now when this season ends, and we start looking at the playoffs, you're going to want home court advantage. There'll be enough fans for it to be a significant impact yeah. in the postseason. So for sure, if you're a team like Brooklyn and you can get Barclays Center rocking for a series against Philadelphia or Milwaukee, that'll help. So the second half of this season is going to be important to pile up those regular season wins and try to lock up a number one seed. Before we go out west, Mike's got a question. Huge fan. Thank you, Mike. I know you watch religiously. We appreciate that, brother. Uh, are you guys surprised? Celtics are 15 and 17. Thoughts on the Pacers versus the Celtics tonight. And Indianapolis, Indiana is in the middle of the East, and Mike's got the record right there. They're under 500. Who do you like in this game? Um, I've always been a big Pacers guy. A lot of that hinged on Oladipo being there and his success. But Sabonis is growing into a different kind of dude in the NBA. The game developing. That's sad, man. Boston's just too talented. This is not them. The record you see on their screen, that is not them. So in the matchup tonight, do they win tonight? Who the heck knows? But given the talent on the roster, I'm, I'm apt to pick Boston in almost any head-to-head matchup just because they can be that good. I'm Why they are, man, it's disappointing. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, too. Normally, you know, you look for the holes or w- w- what's going on there, who's not performing well or – you know, is there an issue in the coaching? We don't think so, right? I mean, they're talking about maybe do you Kemba the trade that I mean, they're talking about selling pieces. Yeah, I think that would be premature. I think they still got enough talent there, and of course, the coaching there and Brad Stevens guy I like a lot to turn this around enough to get into the postseason. And look, are they a team you're going to want to play in the playoffs? I mean, again, I would be really shocked. Yeah. Maybe one of those other teams we talked about in the East, but that's not a that's not an easy matchup by any stretch. And if, if you're Brooklyn or Philly or Milwaukee and you land a team like that in the first round, you know, that's welcome to the playoffs because they're going to give you a fight for sure. By the way, don't look now, but the Knicks are deeply entrenched into the postseason. They're the sixth seed, and actually they're tied at, with, with the Raptors with a five seed. So are the Knicks good enough 
I mean, I know they're good enough to make the playoffs. Are they good enough to win a series in the postseason? That would depend on on the matchup. Well, it it would, right? I mean, look. Okay. How How many many teams are you willing to to take the Knicks over in a first-round matchup in the East? Are you taking them over? That would be the only one. Not Not Toronto. Toronto. No, not Toronto. Yeah. Um, The good thing about the Knicks is that, you know, Thibodeau has got them playing together. They're playing a little bit of defense, right, in a league that doesn't play much. The problem for the Knicks is that that changes come playoff time. So when you start going against other teams in a different environment where they're also playing defense versus now where maybe you can take advantage of some of those teams that aren't doing it on that end of the court, it becomes a much different ball game. And I think the Knicks will get a wake-up call in the playoffs. I wouldn't be shocked if they got swept, right? Yeah, I mean, look, if, this, if they stay the six and Milwaukee stays the three, you, you're lucky if you get one, you know, at, at the garden with fans going crazy. Maybe you find a way. But it's going crazy. You get like 2,000 people there. <laughs> yeah, well, but in two months, I mean, who knows, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, not, but, but this for the Knicks, they have to look at this as a huge step in the right direction and look at this as something to build off. This kind of reminds me of where the Nets were a few years ago, where it's like, you're at the bottom of the league. There are no expectations. You bring in a new head coach. You start to try to build around your younger players, build a system from the ground up. And then in a couple of years, when you're better and you're, you're a respectable destination, now you're in New York City. Now you can get those free agents. So for the Knicks, not to say they're playing with house money when they get to the postseason. It would help them even more, certainly, to have a better showing. But just getting to the playoffs and starting to build a better culture I think is what this season has got to be all about for them. And they've done that. So kudos to them for that. And just keep it going the right direction. Get there next season to build on it, right? Every year, the Nets did the same thing. They got better a little bit every year and got themselves in a position where, okay, now we bring in a superstar or two and this whole thing changes and we have pieces to maybe move to bring in another person. Uh, We'll get to the Lakers, right? Do they have real problems here or is it simply – you add AD and all of a sudden things make sense in LA. We've got Tony Zekas, though, coming up next. Shen's head coach. Boys are undefeated this year. There is no sectional championship to play for. There's no state championship to play for. So what does winning matter this season for the placement? We'll talk with Coach D next, right here on Honorado and Bagnard. I lead a busy lifestyle and wanted a vehicle with the space I need and loaded with bells and whistles. Dre was fun to work with and found a great deal for me to find new roads at Mohawk Chevrolet. And right now you should reserve your 2021 Silverado because we can't keep them in stock during truck month at Mohawk Chevrolet. Or cash in on 0.9 financing on select 2020 models for up to 72 months right now during truck month at Mohawk Chevrolet. I'm Kimmy from Clifton Park and that's my story and this is my Mohawk Chevrolet where they always go out of their way to please you. Back to Honorado and Bagnardi. 
All right, Bags, we're a couple weeks into the high school basketball season. Uh, it was the very beginning of the high school basketball season the last time we were here in the Novice Clothing Company showroom in Albany. Nick Bernardo, Garrett Bernardo, they do a great job. And they've outfitted the show, and they are outfitting your sports leagues across the capital region, even your businesses. If you guys need gear, they will hook you up. Check them out, especially on Instagram, Novice Clothing Company, and the website, noviceclothingcompany.com. Easy. Yeah, it's all good stuff, man. The, the best gear you can find. I mean, and they'll tailor it to whatever you want. Come up yep. with so many cool, creative things. It's just awesome. All right, let's bring the guest in here. And it is Shen head coach Tony DeZikis. Uh, the Plainsmen are undefeated this season, which may be not a huge surprise. Coach, I know you're in the middle of stuff here. We appreciate the time, man. How are you? No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Having a great time. I'm in the fifth grade land right now, doing my other job. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's been an interesting year, but a fun one. Coach, let me, I teased with this before the commercial break, and I'm just kind of curious. You and I haven't talked about this. Winning is always important, right? I mean, it, it's at least part of the reason you guys take the court every night and every day of practice. But when there is no sectional title to, to focus on, there's no big championships out there, um, titles that you guys have won before, what is the emphasis of winning games this year for you? You know, it's mid-January. We didn't think we were going to be playing. So everybody's a winner right now. Uh, don't get me wrong. You, you you went to the Troy game. That ball gets thrown up. Uh, all of a sudden, that winning's not the important thing this year. Went out the window real fast. Uh, you know, we're competitors. The players are competitors. Coaches like to compete. We all like to win. Uh, but in the grand scheme of everything, our seniors, including, you know, I, not just from a coaching standpoint, but as a father, uh, we're just blessed to be playing right now. Coach, does the unusual nature of this season impact how you play guys? Who gets certain minutes? Are you more inclined to play some guys who maybe might not get playing time, but because of the situation, you want to get them out there? Are you more inclined to play seniors more in general because this is it for them and there isn't that sectional goal to play for? How does it impact kind of the X's and O's of what you do? You know what? We went into it with that attitude, and we still have that attitude. But just like in life, you have to earn it. Uh, you know, you're definitely going to get a shot if you're a senior, uh, but you have to perform. You have to do what we're asking you to do. Uh, and we're blessed because we have great kids on the team. All 12 kids are wonderful. Uh, they work hard. They're, they're coachable. Uh, and obviously, our seniors who are on a sectional championship team, they can play a little ball. So. Uh, you know, we are doing our best to find minutes for them, and, uh, you know, they're coming through big time for us. Your son is tearing it up this season. Devin, what is it like knowing you, you may not have had this opportunity to coach him one last time, and now you, you're getting it. Do you find yourself in game, not pinching yourself, but maybe understanding, like, hey, we almost had this taken away and, and finding little moments to appreciate differently than you would have? Yeah, it, it's absolutely special, and, and you know, you know, I was able to coach my older son as well. And, uh, you know, when you're the coach and the father, uh, it presents a whole slew of uh, interesting situations for you. Uh, one thing I'll say about Devin is uh, he is just a tough kid. He likes to compete. He's a team first kid all the way. And I can give you example after example. He will go down as probably, and I, you, obviously, you know, I've had some tremendous players. I've been very fortunate. Uh, and I'm really fortunate as a father to say he will go down as one of my top 
five, six, seven favorite players to coach because he truly is a team first kid. Even if you watch him play, he didn't care less if he scores five points or 25. Uh, as long as we win and his teammates uh, uh, are having a good time around him uh, and with him to compete, uh, he's, a, he's a happy camper for sure. I'm wondering who's more receptive to your teaching. Is it, is it fifth graders or is it the, the kids on the hoop team? I think I'm probably uh, maturity wise. I blend in a little better with the fifth graders. I mean, I mean, come on, who else makes stuff up like this? I, mean, I got my own emojis because they can't see my face. So they know when I'm mad. This one tends to go come out a lot though. This is oh, that's, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah. I should bring us to games with me, I think. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I, am blessed. I, I, I live a pretty good life and I get to do what I want to do all the time. Uh, you know, in the classroom, we have a great time. We, we, we laugh all the time. Uh, I don't take myself too seriously here. I probably take myself a little too seriously on the court, uh, in the classroom. Uh, it's a, it's a good mix of, you know, having fun and learning. Uh, and you know, obviously, like I said, I've had some great teams here at Shen, uh, and this year, Anybody watches this team play, win or lose, they just see kids working hard, playing for the right reasons, playing for each other, uh, and they just represent the school in such a positive way uh, that win or lose, they make me proud. Coach, one of the things we love about being able to do the show this way is we get viewer comments, and I know you know Tim Lang. I've, yeah. I know the Shaker boys team went on pause. Um, I was at an indoor track meet at Mohan that was being held outdoors. The coach was telling me about some even seniors decided not to participate right now. Do you know, are there teams in the area that, that are lacking kids because they felt it was safer to not play? And, and what was your experience like in talking with some of your guys about how you can still remain safe and healthy while still playing hoops? Yeah, you know, Tim brings up a good point. I, no, I don't. Uh, I don't know any who decided not to play because of that. There may be, but I just don't know of any. Uh, you know, like you said, I, I had texted Eric, who's just took over the shaker program kind of, you know, trying to be encouraging, you know, that's a tough way to start your coaching career to school is going to 10 day pause. Now I think they have Saratoga coming up, uh, who's a good team, uh, and to come off a 10 day pause and have to play that's challenging. So, you know, my heart goes out to him, but, uh, uh, yeah, they, you know, when we started off, you know, I, again, I, I can look at things not only from a coaching standpoint, but as a, as a father. And I know, uh, Devin has really made some changes, you know, and it's been a year. So it's a year of not going over to any friend's house and having uh, house ga gatherings. It's a year of not going to his grandparents' house and, and, and having a traditional Christmas dinner uh, or a Thanksgiving or, you know, any of that stuff uh, because of this pandemic and the sacrifices I've seen these kids make to make it safe to play uh, is really outstanding. And when we started to play, they announced it what february 1st but it took a little while to get there but i told me you have to make this you, you got a couple weeks i'm just gonna go we got six games in nine days make those sacrifices because come march 13th you're done i got eight seniors who are gonna wash their hands and play in high school basketball and have, hopefully have some great memories and we are lucky what ends up happening is this so we're all super fortunate we're all super happy we're all just ecstatic it's about the kids let the kids play you roll into it. You're like that for the first week. By the second week, it's now like, okay, now so let's have this. Let's have it. We're getting, we get a little greedy, which is natural. I'm not making judgments. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. You know, let's start letting people in. Let's start doing it. And you want to jump to that. And we got to sometimes 
step back and say, okay, mid-January, I didn't think we were playing. I didn't think Devin Dezikas as a father, I didn't think my own son was going to get any memories as a senior. Uh, you know, the other seven seniors who are on the team who, who I coached when they were in sixth grade and they're great kids. And I've known them since they were little, little guys. Uh, I didn't think they were going to have any memories. And now, you know what? They're having memories. And if you got to sacrifice a little bit. So you can't try not to get in the car with your friend, try not to go to their house and play video games. You know, that's where the spread is. So maintain that discipline for a couple of weeks and you'll have some, you know, great memories. And, and I said this last year when we, our season ended and it didn't end with a loss. Obviously we love to win out. We like to win every game. Yep. They do an end of year tournament. Yeah, we'll compete. We want to, we want to win that too. But you know what? There's something to be said of a season ending and you get into that locker room and you see kids emotional, you see coaches emotional. You know, the, the year that we won the state championship, we played in the Federation, uh, Thomas Herter. I remember Thomas Herter, especially in the locker room at UAlbany and just wrecked. Now, again, we just we were 25 and I won a state championship. We lost our, our next game and he was wrecked because that, that as a warrior, that's the way you want to go out. You want to go out on a battlefield. Last year was just like an emptyish type feeling, even though it was a great, I mean, how many teams get to win their last game? Not, not many. You know, uh, and it was just like that experience of being in the locker room, knowing that your career here at Shen is over with. Your program will not be successful until those emotions come out and you see your seniors just wreck just because they're saying goodbye to their, their Shen basketball brothers and that and that type of relationship. That's what that's when you know you got something, you know, and I remember the exact year that that happened for us. I remember seeing the locker room saying, you know what, we keep this up. We had lost the CBA. Doug Mulvaney was a 2009. Doug Mulvaney was a senior. He was our captain, Ryan Murphy, uh, Matt Lee, a bunch of, bunch of great kids that really helped turn the program around. And they were wrecking. I knew that night that we had something special. And that's always stuck with me that as much as it's as hard as it is, that's part of the process that you have to have and your program has to have that kids are just wrecked that their, their, their time here at Shen is over as a basketball player. Hey, Chris, bring up that full shot of Coach again, will you please? Yeah. Coach, I like the um, the herder the silhouette. the silhouette there over your shoulder. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, by the way, I wonder what novice could do with that thing. On you here, got right? it, man. Um, but, but, Coach, uh, what's it like having the influence of Herder? And is is he kind of present in the minds of a lot of the guys in the team? Is he a guy who's brought up a lot? Do, do the players on the team follow what? doing and talk about what he's doing in the NBA and what are what's his influence like on the team you know Kevin's Kevin Kevin is uh he's such a good person um you know even even this fall he donated uniforms I call them either practice uniform but they look they're nice enough to be a game uniform uh you know Kevin Kevin will always be part of this program and he represents us in such a way the kids know who he is uh you know Devin and I will research, you know, Devin's into uh, the, ba the basketball cards and kind of like an investment type thing. Uh, he loves doing that. So we got our Kevin Herter card. And when he plays well, that value of that card goes up. So, you know, he's, he's so ingrained. He's so in the fabric of this program that that will never change. And, and I was actually right here at this desk when Kevin was a senior and we're going, I'm getting ready for the banquet. And I'm like, this kid already won everything. 
he's won like every award I ever had, like the profile award, uh, you know, the, the player of the year for our, he already won all that as a junior. So I was saying, I was like, well, what can we do to make him, you know, to show the appreciation because not only was he a great player and not only was he the New York state player of the year, but the more success he had, the more recognition he got, it was like he handled it so well. It was the more humbly, the more humbly he got. And, 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 you know, you guys know his father and his mother, and they're such good people. And I always tell the story how Kevin went to the West Coast. He went to that LeBron James, played, played with LeBron, played with Kobe, came back, and he was going to get on a shooting machine after he worked out in the gym. And I, his father says, I'm like, no, you have to, you have to go to the, the, his father's company and, like, stuff envelopes or something. <laughs> like, hey, that's how you end up with a kid who doesn't get too full of himself. Yeah. And, and I've known Tom for a while. Tom's a really good friend of mine. Uh, and, and Tom will put you in your place real fast. Uh, so he's got wonderful kids. And coach real quick, and we'll let you go right after this. Uh, tell me what was Kevin's diet like in high school? Horrible. <laughs> Skittles. He knows. I mean, I'm going to tell Kay, Kevin, Kevin will always hear the truth from coach Zekas. Always. I don't care if he's 45 and he ends up being a 10 time all-star. Uh, he was Skittles and, uh, and chicken fingers. He actually just, uh, so my class, three weeks, four weeks ago, we were all quarantined. My fifth grade class. Uh, so Kevin took the time. And again, it's hard to use fifth graders. So we're in quarantine and we're, we're, we're communicating this way. I'm, I'm making videos for him. I threw out a text, hey, Kevin, how about you crash one of our, our class meetings? The kids were nuts. Of course, I screwed. My technology skills sometimes suffer. So I literally have my, my phone up to here. Kevin's like FaceTiming. Because <laughs> I couldn't get him on the meet. But he's such a, a good person, and so you know he's constantly giving back to uh, Shenandoah. Yeah, he's the man, and and you're right, great family, Tom and Aaron for sure, and his sisters aren't bad at hoops, and his brother isn't either. Uh, it's crazy the talent they have, and and you're right, the way they humbly approach it uh, yeah. is is really special. The rest of us have to pay, the rest of us have to pay for college for our kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and it only right. ends you up on Facebook. I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous at all. <laughs> Coach, <laughs> thank you, brother. We'll let you get back to, like you said, your other job. Uh, good luck the rest of the way, man. You know we'll be seeing you. Thanks, guys. Great being out. That is Shen head coach Tony Dezikis with us here on Honorado and Bagnardi. He's got a state championship. He's won multiple sectional titles as well. Uh, what a program, man. What an absolute Kind of, I I would call it a factory, but it's a little unfair to the coaching job that he does from the from the bottom all the way up, right? These good head coaches are involved in the youth programs, make sure that by the time they are freshmen or sophomores and ready to play varsity, they've been doing all of those same things since they were in third, fourth, and fifth grade. And and, uh, and Tony is is as good as it gets in the Cavalry. No doubt. By the way, you know you've made it when they make a logo oh, silhouette out of you, right? No. By the way, that's a topic of discussion right now in the NBA, isn't it? My boy, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about going to Kobe and taking Jerry West off? Um, well, I, I'm not opposed to it. I think that it would be a nice way to, to tribute somebody who obviously uh, left us way before his time. Um, pardon me, thinks it should be Jordan. Yeah. Too, you know? Um, Jerry West, yeah, look, I'd be okay with it if it stayed that way forever. It's kind of iconic. Until you know who Jerry West is when you're a kid, you just think that's the logo, like the Major League Baseball logo or whatever, right? Like it doesn't matter. Um, but the fact that it is somebody 
yeah, it doesn't have to be that person forever, I don't think. Jerry West did a lot for the game, and, and he has had his silhouette on that logo for a long time. And, you know, maybe you do it after he passes, but maybe you do it when he's still alive so that he can be a part of it, a part of the transition to it, you know? I think so, yeah. yeah. There's going to be a passing of the torch. Let, let Jerry West be part of yeah. that. And I don't think Jerry West would stand in the way of the NBA changing it to Kobe. No, I don't think so either. Especially With Jordan? <laughs> yeah, Maybe right. it's a different discussion, but I think if if Kobe's the way Adam Silver wants to go with it, uh, I don't think Jerry West would would stand the way. And, and I don't have a problem with I don't have a problem with it if it's Kobe. I don't have a problem with it if it's Jordan. I don't have a problem in general if, if the league decides they're going to change the logo. How many people out there know that Carmen Filippo is Major League Baseball's logo? If they changed it to somebody else, is there a stance that is? recognizable enough for you to say, yes, I know that is Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, well that, and that's just it. Trout. Right. To me, if you do it, I'd say make it Jordan if you're going to do it just to have it be one forever. But maybe it is something that evolves and keeps changing. And I think it would be a great way to posthumously honor Kobe Bryant. I think you gotta you got to get it right, though. I mean, you'll know it's him by the way they do it. But, like, all respect, Kevin Herter dunking the basketball. I need to see him shooting a shot. You know, I know. I, I've I know, always thought that, too. Shaq logo if I'm shooting a free throw. Yeah, I've <laughs> always thought that, too. Um, but, there, but, but that said, when I see that logo, I do know which dunk they took from. It's actually from uh, a dunk I can visualize in the video and pictures right. Kind of talking back before he threw it down. But you're right. Think about her. Think about how great he is as a shooter. Yeah, yeah. But and that's just it. If you're going to take it, maybe maybe do that though. Like be inspired by a particular moment. You know, like you could have him just sort of dribbling the ball. But maybe it's maybe it's something beyond that. Maybe it's it is something that reminds us of an, of an iconic Kobe moment. That would be cool too. Yeah, I mean, obviously there are great Jordan dunk poses that oh. they could take if if that's the way they wanted to go. But by the way, if they start changing the logo, we won't we won't compare players to Jordan's six rings anymore. We'll be comparing. Hey, can this guy overtake the logo? Right, that will be the goal for guys to really cement their legacy. Um, it would if they ever change it to Kobe, though. It would be Kobe. For our lifetime. As long as we're alive, yes. 100%. No doubt about Which it. Is fine. Yep. yep. Um, speaking of Kobe, just kind of let us into this here. Uh, is the Lakers' equation as simple as this? LeBron and AD make them favorites to win it all. The struggles we're seeing now from this Lakers team, they've lost four in a row. They're 5-5 five and five without Davis this year. But is it as simple as this? Once Davis is back, and it still may be a few weeks, are they then all of a sudden, boom, just vaulted to the top? of the NBA standings in terms of favorites to win the title. Yeah. To me, they're the favorites until I can see something that says they shouldn't be. And the reality is they just did it. They've got the experience. We know that it works with these two guys. Um, they're the favorites in the West. And if they get to the finals and they face a new kind of team like the Nets or a team like Philadelphia, who they wouldn't have faced there but I would still think you're going to favor them. They've got, again, it's a matchup nightmare trying to keep yes. LeBron out of the lane and then AD who can extend the floor 
but can kill you on the inside too with his size. It's it's just too many matchup nightmares with just the two of them, even compared to a big three of a team like Brooklyn. I think it would be a great NBA Finals, and obviously as a fan, I hope that's what it winds up being, just because it means the Nets are there. But I'd be really worried about that matchup for Brooklyn because of what I just pointed out, and I think they would be the favorite over Brooklyn, over Philadelphia, over Milwaukee, and I like them to get there. I like them to beat the Clippers, you know, in the West. So, yeah, to me, they're still the favorites. How about the Jazz? We give love to the Jazz. I've routinely picked against Brady, and I've probably picked against LeBron more than I should. Yeah. The Jazz, I know AD wasn't there, and they haven't played. The four-game losing streak also includes the absence of Dennis Schroeder, who is a big difference maker for this team. But is Utah a threat to them in the West? I think they might be when you consider what they have. You talk about the matchup nightmare that is Davis, and I'm not saying Gobert can stick with Davis on the perimeter, but but Gobert is a multi-NBA defensive player of the year. He's a guy that at least, if you want to compare him to the, the Clippers, I think Utah has a better shot to knock off the Lakers than maybe even the Clippers. Do you trust Paul George in the playoffs in a big moment? Not until I see it, I don't. I know Kawhi's great. But I, I have not seen Paul George deliver in the postseason. On Diamond Mitchell's hands. Yes. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that. I think that they're the kind of team who is in the regular season going to take advantage of playing defense as well, right? Similar, but on a, on a much bigger scale to what we'll see with a team like the Knicks, right? Where if you're going to play defense in a league that doesn't play much in the regular season, you're going to have success. You're going to pile up some regular season wins. But where does that get you in the end? I mean, Milwaukee won a lot of regular season games, and then we saw them not perform up to that level in the playoffs. I think they're a team that if you're the Lakers, you don't want to be matched up with, but you still have to favor the Lakers. Are they going to be the Lakers four times? Four times in a playoff. I know. I always think, but I kind of like this matchup. And you always come back to, yeah, but are they going to beat them four out of seven times? Oh, man. Yeah, Tim Lang's watching. We know that. Rock man, great show. Good to see you, Rock. And a shout out to the Bernardo brothers from Tim as well. They've uh, they've collaborated on some projects in the past. A, a great cause, the the Parkinson's golf outing that uh, we know the pandemic impacted this past year. But they'll be back at it in 2021. There's no doubt about that. All right, we are back at the mock drafts. Yeah, bags so much. But there's a development in Mel Kuyper Jr.'s 2.0 Shocking. that will have Jets fans wondering who the starting quarterback is going to be next year. We're on that next on Honorado Back 30, live from the Novice Company showroom. Depressed, overworked, job sucks, underappreciated. When life sucks, <laughs> just say Dillagaff. Our clothing line puts the F.U. back into fun. Nothing will give you greater satisfaction. Dillagaff isn't just an attitude, it's a lifestyle. Some people ride the crazy train, we drive that mother. Check out our selection at DillagaffUSA.com. This wasn't my first vehicle, so I wanted something cool, stylish, and dependable. The process was so easy and comfortable. I lead an active lifestyle, my days are busy, and I need a vehicle I can depend on and enjoy driving. 
As soon as I test drove the Honda Passport from Mohawk Honda, I knew it was the perfect vehicle for me. I love technology and this Passport has it all. I'm Cassie from Boston Spa. That's my story. And this is my Mohawk Honda, where they really do go out of their way to please you. Now back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi, we're live from the Novice Clothing Showroom headquarters, as they call it. And uh, we love the gear we've gotten from them. Definitely check them out, NoviceClothingCompany.com. And uh, hook you up with whatever you need. I mean, we talk about the T-shirts and the masks that we've got from them, but they will find a way to outfit you with whatever your needs are. I even talk about getting like some running tights from them. That hasn't happened yet. I also don't run, so. Well, I was going to say, you know, I'm sure they would make a, a beautiful line of clothing for you there, but you know, you're going to fold it up and stick it in your drawer, and that's what's going to happen. Hang them up somewhere. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get into the NFL here. We'll get to the mock draft that Mel Kuyper Jr. released yesterday uh, and what he doesn't think the Jets are going to do with the second overall pick, which is very interesting. It's also the first time Mel Kuyper Jr. has ever included um, hypothetical trades in a mock draft. It's not what he, he, he picks them straight. Now he's including trades, which has thrown a whole wrench into the way he has operated the 1980s. Because ESPN told him you got to do something that's a little more. He's like the old like grandpa who now got to introduce the new technology to, and he's like, I've got to learn this. I've got to do this. Fine, I'll do it. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what you want him to do. Okay, fine. Um, If Russell Wilson tells the Seahawks to trade him, will the Seahawks say, okay, fine? We've got to do this. We will trade you, Ross. This, his agent says, we have to request not to demand the trade. But if we do, here are the five teams we would like to be trading. Yeah. So yeah. we're not demanding a trade, but in case we get to that point, right, in case this relationship is so bad, right. here, here's what would be next in line. It's like you're dating somebody, right, and you're like, look, I'm not saying I want to break up. Right. But if we do – here are your five friends I might be dating this in a month. Of who may be next. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's 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 a little odd. Um, why why the big push to get out? Artists? Well, look, there's nobody, there's no quarterback, right, who, who has played under duress the way Russell Wilson has sure. in the last handful of years. That offensive line is routinely one of the worst in the NFL. Uh, they are probably more of a run-first offense than chuck it all over the yard like you see now with Kansas City and, and certainly Green Bay. Look at what the way Buffalo evolved this year with a defensive with a different offensive coordinator. Wilson has played his entire career for Pete Carroll. He's a defensive-minded guy, right? That is where the focus has been in Seattle for all their success, right, through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. It was the Legion of Boom. It was about that secondary. It wasn't about the quarterback for as great as Russell Wilson is. Maybe he feels, boy, isn't this the way it goes with quarterbacks. Maybe he feels a little unappreciated and is saying, if you don't do something to build things up around me, Here's my list of teams that I'd like to go to. And Dallas is on the list. And that's why we asked the question, if Russell Wilson were to demand a trade from the Seahawks, should the Cowboys consider trading Dak for Russ? Yeah. My thing is there are very few guys 
around the league who could say, you know, this team couldn't do any more for me, right? Like they've had success is the word that you brought up. He's had a lot of success there, man. So he's been put in enough of a position to succeed to the point where he's been able to achieve that success and get to the mountaintop in this league, which is really hard to do. Is does he think he's he would be in a better spot uh, dealing with Jerry Jones and being on the Dallas Cowboys? Is, is that something that? Now, I but I think about this, Shawnee. It has been so long for Dallas since they have forget win a Super Bowl, gotten to the Super Bowl, gotten to an NFC Championship game. The amount of just love Russ would get in Big D. I think would would make a world of difference to him immediately. Now he's not going to be running for his life, or not at the targets he wants, or have the ability to achieve that same level of success. I mean, I guess the question is, what's what's more important to Russ? If it's being the toast of the town in a in a franchise that a lot of people still view as the face of the NFL, America's team, then that's fine. But if it's about Putting yourself in the best position to win. When was the last time the Cowboys won anything, man? Do you do it if you're Dallas? Would you trade back in a second for Russell? Oh, in a second. And There's I'm, an and I'm high. There is an age I know. And I'm higher on Dak, I think, maybe than a lot of people. But to me, Russell Wilson is he's in that very few category. He's in that there's that top level in the NFL where it's like Brady, Breeze, Rogers, and Wilson is in that very small bunch to me. Dak's in that next group. So despite the age difference, I would do it if I'm Dallas. And look, I do it if I'm Seattle, because I think if he wants out and you got to get rid of him anyway, Dak is a really good guy to be able to bring in to where you're not taking as big a step backwards at the quarterback position. So if he really wants out, that could be a good fit for both teams. And Ash says she would do it if she were Dallas as well. The point of Dak's injury. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. Um, and you also remember if you're Dallas, you're also just at this stalemate in a contract negotiation. You can tag him and trade him and then let the other team deal with what the contract may be. But but that would get the contentious contract conversation off your plate as well. You could just kind of start over in a way. I I would do it if I'm Dallas too, because this team, the way they've spent on the running back, on the offensive line, on the wide receivers, Amari Cooper in there, uh, linebacker, like this team has invested a lot to win now. And that now is a two to three year window when Russ will still be at the top of his game. Right. Okay. Um, and you made a point too. If Wilson says I'm out and there's nothing you can do about it, then then yes, I think Dak is a really good option to get yeah. returned. So when we were kids, the wide receivers were the divas of the league. Yeah. Right? Yep. Is that different now? Are we in the quarterback era where we're going to talk about them as being, you know, we think about uh Deshaun Watson, maybe not the best example, but it's these, these are the guys whose names are coming up now more and more. Granted, it wasn't that long ago we were still talking about Antonio Brown quite a bit, but are, is the quarterback now the diva position in the NFL? No, quarterback is not a diva. The quarterback now finally understands his true worth in this mm-hmm. sport. And not only in this sport, in sports across the landscape. I've always said it. It is the most important position in all of sports, not just football, in any sport. You have to have a quarterback. And so I don't think they're divas. 
I think they just now, a lot of these guys are finally playing from a position of power. And that includes contract negotiations too. You brought up Sean Watson's name. He reportedly met with the new Texans head coach on Friday, David Culley. Still says he won't play for Houston. Nice guy, but no thing. <laughs> yeah, lunch was good, yeah. but I'm, I'm okay. Uh, they don't know how to handle winter down here. I'm out. Um, do the Texans have a shot at saving this? Does this meeting, can you read anything into this meeting, even though Watson is still saying, I want to be traded? Is there a, rela- a relationship to be rebuilt? You mean just because of the fact that they met? No. Yeah. No. No. If you wanted out from a job, right, you had no interest in being there, you, you, you hated the way that place operated, why would you take this meeting? Because if that's truly how you feel, I want out, this place isn't being run well, and they say, well, a new piece is coming in who's going to be part of running things, you think, all right, well, I'll hear what he has to say. I mean, why? You've already made up your mind. It is splashed on every cover of a web page or a newspaper. It's talked about incessantly on TV and social media that you are not going to play in Houston next year. If you get a job interview, uh, an offer to come interview for a job that, you know, maybe they reached out to you or was a recruit or something like that, you're not really interested in it, but. You go, you listen. Because you want to be told nice things. Well, you want to be told nice things, but you never know what you might hear. You never know what opportunity might arise. Maybe he goes in there and says, this guy could – there's one or two things he could say, the absolute right thing that would make me stay here. Let's go see if he says it. I mean, who knows? Um, He's obviously not going to play there, right? I mean, after this meeting, can we say that? I'm not ready to go there. Wow. Uh, look, I, I I know what he has said, and I'm sure the way he feels. Um, but I, if I'm a Houston Texans fan, if I'm part of that organization, I'm not giving up on this yet. And if I'm Washington, I'm not giving up on it either. There is probably, you know, a game to be played here in terms of let me play some hardball because I'm pissed off that they handled the GM certain the way they did. And I want to make sure that if I stay, especially if I'm forced to stay, that they're going to listen to me from now on. Uh, Diana from ESPN, one of their insiders, said yesterday morning, she said, they're not trading. And they're not going to trade. She was pretty firm in that. Everybody else around her, the rest of the noise that Deshaun Watson is not going to play, and he will call the Texans bluff. He won't do it for camp. He won't want all of that. But but I still believe that he – I think there's – what's a good chance? 30% chance? Yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. good. I would say 30% chance that he's in Houston next year still. Okay. Uh, what, what do you think then was behind him taking this meeting? I think because he realizes I may not get what I want. Okay. Let me meet with this coach and see what he's all about. Maybe, maybe there is – Something positive to find from, from this hiring, hiring that, that I can get. Okay. 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 Has mock draft two point oh eggs, and the headline. Why is it always point oh? They do point fives and point point threes. Yeah, mock draft two, just two. I don't know. I guess if you made a little bit of an alteration to two point oh, you need somewhere to go. I see. Right, just 
making one change to a pick. Anyway, just pass on quarterback. And he's got five QBs going in. I put top 10, but it really the top nine. And here's exactly what it looks like and what we're talking about. Piper's mock draft 2.0. No surprise. No change at the top. Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguar. Things get a little more interesting at two. Piper and the Jets trading their pick to the Falcons and Atlanta going with Zach Wilson. It, it, it's, I'm blown away by the just basic consensus among all draft evaluators that Zach Wilson is going to be the number two pick, no matter who has that pick. Hmm. That either the Jets are going to take him or a team is going to like him so much that they're going to trade up to get him. Mm-hmm. I know you said, hey, Jets say take a wide receiver, but it looks like it's going to be Zach Wilson and it's either going to be the Jets or it's going to be somebody else. What do you make here? Let's stop here too. What do you make here of what Kuiper is the Jets doing and trading out? You like it? Uh, not really. Not to move down two spots and take a tight end. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. So I guess then it's it's just Sam Darnold, right? I mean, that's the. Yes. Yep. They've got one more year of Darnold on the rookie contract, and then the fifth year option is still in play. All right. So you, could have, you could have Darnold at a very affordable number for the next two years. They've got as much money as any other team in the league to spend this offseason in terms of where they sit with the salary cap. All right. They could make drastic changes to this roster. Okay. Well, wouldn't you, having such a high pick, be more interested, especially if you're open to moving it, which obviously they are, yep. wouldn't you try to do something along the lines of, getting a Prescott or a Russell Wilson, if these names are out there and, and these guys are on the table, you, you have the quarterback position. You just said how important it is in sports. I don't think it's the most important. I think hockey goalie is, but fine. We could have that debate another time. Um, wouldn't you try to go out and use this? I mean, this is your piece here. This is your chip at the negotiating the table. Pick. Yes. You're saying use that to go get an established person at the yeah. QB position. If you are, if you are Seattle and Russell Wilson has to go, would you rather have Dak Prescott or Sam Darnold in the number two pick? Mm. Uh, and you know I like Darnold, and I'm not Dak's biggest. I guess I would probably take Darnold in the second overall pick. Okay. And I'd and I'd rather do that than trade down to four and draft Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida, which would be the highest a tight end has ever gone in NFL draft history. Uh, but if I told you a couple of years after they were drafted that Travis Kelsey was drafted in the top five and that Rob Gronkowski was drafted in the top five and that George Kittle was drafted in the top five, people look at the position and they lose their minds. But two three years down the road, if that guy ends up being a Kelsey Kittle or Gronk, yeah. nobody cares that you took. Top four. Two, three years down the road, Zach Wilson is Russell Wilson. Then people are going to say, why did you trade it to Atlanta? So you can do that anytime you move anything and look at, well, this guy turned into that. I'm talking about what's established. I'm talking about guys I know what I'm going to get already at the most important position on the field. Uh, give me the guarantee. Well, look, I think if Houston called New York and said, give us Darnold, the second overall pick, and next year's one, I think the Jets would do that. But, but again, Houston is telling everybody, we're not entertaining these types of draft offers. All right, beyond two, 
Kuyper's got the Dolphins taking Devontae Smith, who certainly Tua Tugavailoa would know really well, the wideout from Alabama. Your Jets bags, Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Let's jump to the quarterback beyond that now, right? San Francisco, in Kuyper's eyes, moving beyond Jimmy Garoppolo and taking Justin Fields, and the run of QBs begins. Carolina at eight, Mac Jones. New England moving up. New England never does this. If anything, Belichick trades out of the first round. Says, I don't need those picks. Let me bulk up on second, third, and fourth round picks. He's got the Patriots moving up to get Trey Lance. I, to me, that's a major stretch. I do not see that happening. There are other options for New England at the quarterback position, even in terms of free agents, that I think Belichick would be more likely to, uh, to pursue than trading up to get a guy like Trey Lance. What's Kuyper's success rate in top top 10? Well, probably more successful than if you try to start predicting trades. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so when's the draft? How far out are we now? How many months here? Not until the end of April. <laughs> right. So and actually, I should be surprised if three of the QBs don't work out long term. And we talked about that ad nauseum, right? If, if quarterbacks go one, two in the draft, there is a high percentage that one of them just will not work out. And it's usually the second overall pick that doesn't work out. Look through history at guys like Rick Meyer, RG3, Ryan Leaf, guys who get picked second overall at the quarterback position behind another quarterback. There's a reason Bledsoe, Luck, and Manning all went one, and the uh, the previous three guys all went two. There's a reason. So what does is, what is Kuiper predict the Jets are going to get other than this swap, in addition to the just a swap, they would get picks. They would get later round picks. I would imagine they would get like third rounder from Atlanta, and then they may swap fifth rounders or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get moving down two spots. If you got a guy you want at number two, you could just go get him. Um, yeah, if you can, if you can jump down two and still get him and then maybe get a little value out of it, I'm okay with that. But again, I'm focused on the bigger picture here of the quarterback position. If it's going to be Sam Darnold, then fine. Use the draft to try to get him a weapon, get him a tight end where you know you can have some blocking, you can have a guy to throw to, you know, a, a multi-use kind of offensive piece. That's okay. Um, but I'm more interested in trying to improve at that position. And given what you have with Darnold and that position to the number two pick, names are being thrown, big names are being thrown around right now with Prescott, Watson, and Russell Wilson. So get in that mix. And if you can't, then worry about this kind of stuff. But there's an opportunity, I think, to be had here to bring in a real proven player, whereas the draft is all about what's unproven. Uh, we don't have football this weekend. You know what we have, though? What do we have? We got baseball, brother. Will you watch Major League Baseball spring training games this weekend? If the Mets are on and you're – of course, you're sitting at home. You can't go anywhere. And you're sitting at home and Elisa doesn't have you doing anything around the house and the Mets are on SNY, will you watch? Here's how it goes with spring training for me. I'm like sitting around doing exactly how you say it, and I'm like, oh, that's, that spring training game's on. Top it down. Yeah, I got. I'll check it out. The Mets. See the Mets. Whatever. 
one batter. I'm like, this, I can't. This, who is this guy? Is he going to be on? No, I can't watch this. No. Yeah. If the everyday guys, at least if you get half of the everyday lineup in there, it's it's easier to watch. Um, but a lot of times I'll see, like, hey, if Anderson's pitching, I'll watch for the inning and a half he's in there or two innings. Yeah. I guess that would be different. But it's just so frustrating because it's like, you know, if a guy does poorly, it's like, well, here we go. And if he hits the you know, 600 foot home run, you're like, save it for the regular season, please. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not. I really have a hard time getting into any preseason in any professional sport. And baseball usually has a longer, you know, it's like you get a lot of preseason games even to slodge through. Well, think about it, man. What? It'll be Sunday. It'll be the 28th, which is when spring training games start. Uh, April 1, opening day in baseball. So we're, we're close, man. My point is that's a lot of games that don't matter between now and then. That's, yeah, they will play like that's you know, 25, 30 spring training and games. You know, I, I'd be more – as a Mets fan, I want to know, you know, what's what's DeGrom doing? What are some of the starting pitchers yeah. doing? You know, the guys hitting and that, that that just kind of comes and, and you know, they'll they'll get into, into shape and be ready to go by opening day. But the, the pitching is what I look for the most to see how guys are early on, but it really doesn't matter. And Timmy Lang's all over it. Kevin Smith, Columbia guy. Yeah, he could see action Sunday. Jays, Yankees, as Kevin fights for a spot in what is a talented infield in Toronto, or I guess I should say, where are they playing this year? They're going to play at their spring training complex in Florida, I think is the plan, because you can't cross borders yet between uh, the U.S. and Canada yet. But yeah, Kevin Smith is certainly a section tour to keep our eyes on as well. All right, Peg, whether or not you watch baseball this weekend, have a good one, all right? You as well, sir. Thank Thanks you. to our guys, Nick and Garrett Bernardo, for hosting us right here. Novice Clothing Company headquarters. Check them out, noviceclothingcompany.com, for all of your apparel needs. It doesn't have to just be sports. Anything you've got going on for your company, if you need some apparel, they will hook you up. And it is top-notch quality stuff. So thanks for watching, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week on Honorado.